Last week we talked about unity. Say the word unity. unity. All right, so we talked about unity, and today we begin a four-week series called Where We've Been and Where We're Going. Where We've Been and Where We're Going. And, um, and because it's important. It's important to honor the past. It's important to remember where we came from. And it's important to remember where we're going. Not just to remember, but it's important to have an idea of where we're going. We're going to talk about that because as we look at the past, if it weren't for the trailblazers before us, we wouldn't be here today. If it weren't for those entrepreneurs who stepped out in faith, we wouldn't be here today. And so we want to remember significant events. And um, we have events and major events all the time. We have birthdays. We have anniversaries. Husbands, don't forget your anniversaries. <laughs> we have uh, weddings that are like a big deal. Um, we have uh, baptisms. We have all these big significant events. And, and nowadays, how do we remember these, these events? What I do is I take pictures and videos to remember the events. And, and, and so this, this, this past Friday at Kamiki Christian School, my, my daughter, in, well, she was in a performance, tell you about that later, but this, this past uh, Monday, she enrolled in school. And that's a big deal. You know, our family is important. You know, my parents and Kaz's parents, they want to see pictures of the grandkids, right? How many of you have grandkids? All right. Yes. How many of you had kids just to have grandkids? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, okay, it's true. Y'all laugh because it is true. When my, I think, I don't know if I said this before, but my parents and Kaz's parents come in, they go right by us to the kids. And I say that's fine as long as you bring gifts, and then I'm okay with that. So, so, so you know, it was a family moment. We're so proud of our daughter going into school, so we have to show a picture of my daughter in school for the first time. This is her, her first day of school picture. Not this one, this one. Bam. Yes, she is adorable. She is lovely. And we posted it on social media. If you want to follow me, Brian A. Sands on all the social media networks. There you go. So I could talk about her all day long. Yeah, sure, she's not winning, you know, football games or anything yet. But hey, she's bringing it. <laughs> So, so, so we take photos because we want to remember things, and, um, and, and not only nowadays do we take photos to remember things, because it's easy to forget. Like last night for dinner, what did you eat? The night before that, what did you eat? Isn't, things easy, isn't that easy to forget? You know, we forget the little events, and sometimes we even forget the big events, and those big events we forget, usually we get in trouble for those big events, but here we are um, trying to remember events in our lives. But as we look in the Bible, we see that God wants his people to remember big events that has happened. God wants his people to remember what he has done, because as we read the, the, the narrative of the Old Testament, a lot of it is this. The Israelites are, are saying, God, you're great. You're amazing. Thank you for doing that. And then the next part is, God's saying, did you forget what I just did for you? And then some time passes. God, you're great. Thank you for doing that. And then guess what? 
God says, did you forget what I have done for you? And so they would forget. So our biblical account involves 12 stones. So this wasn't just like somebody coming in, putting stones on, on the stage here. But these are 12 stones. Someone actually climbed down into a volcano to get these stones. It was Pastor Jerry that did that. Thank you very much for risking your life. Um, so we have these 12 stones here. And, and our account today is God telling the Israelites, do not forget what has happened. Do not forget where you have been and what I have done in your life. Do not forget that. And, and it's an amazing account of God doing some, some great things. And, and the passage is in Joshua. So you can go to Joshua. We're going to start chapter 3. But let me give you a little bit of background as you get to Joshua 3. So we're going to read chapter 3. We're going to read chapter 4, selected verses. So the background is this. Moses had led the Israelites out of Egypt. Remember, they were in captivity in Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. Y'all remember the old song? Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, baby, let my people go. Hoo-ha. Anyways. <laughs> the song was probably written like in the 60s or so, and I still love it. It doesn't matter. Okay, so they, they, they were out, and then, and then they're running away, and then there's this big sea. And then there's this big body of water, the Red Sea, and then, and then God says, okay, Moses, put your staff in. What does Moses do? Put the staff in the waters, go. And then the Israelites all cross through, and then they get to the promised land. Land or not? Sorry, they get to the uh, past the past the Red Sea, and then they disobey God, and God's saying, "Okay, you're going to wander in the wilderness for forty years. Forty years. So they're wandering in the wilderness for forty years. So our account in Joshua takes place at the end of the forty years. Moses dies. God commissions Joshua." General Joshua to take over and to go into the promised land, which is Canaan. So that's where our story takes, uh, picks up here. So Joshua chapter 3, we're going to read selected passages here, and we're going to start with verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan... The priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap and a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Jerithan while the water flowing down to the sea uh, the Dead Sea, that is, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 9. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan as the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there till this day. Till this day. Verse 21. 
He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, when, when your children, when the children ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until he had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. God told the priests, take the Ark of the Covenant, their toes touch the, the edge of the, of the water of the Jordan, and it receded, and everyone walked through. And then, when they crossed over, they said, get 12 stones to set up a monument of what God has done. Now, what's fascinating about this account, uh, you know, as I, as I read the first four chapters of, of, of Joshua this past week, what, what we're seeing here is God is taking the Israelites somewhere they've never been before. Sometimes that's scary. God is taking the Israelites to the promised land, and all the Israelites have known for the past 40 years is wandering in the wilderness, wandering in the desert. But now God has vision, now God has direction, now God is saying, go. And some of them, I'm sure, are scared. Some of them, I'm sure, kind of nervous because all they know are obstacles. You have the Red Sea. That was an obstacle. They crossed the Red Sea, but yet they were disobedient and had to wander for 40 years. They crossed the Jordan. In the back of the minds, they're thinking, okay, what's going to happen after this? But God says, no, I have so much in store for you. Go. I am leading you. Go, I am, will be before you. So God is taking the Israelites where they've never been before. And we're going to hear, I'm going to share with you a story about, about somebody who, who, who God led where she had never been before. So the, so the Israelites crossed the Jordan. So they set up these 12 stones. Did you notice in that passage it said this, why are we setting these stones up? To remember, but why? Remember for who? The kids. Is that, is that powerful? We have 12 stones. God says, set up this monument. This monument wasn't to be worshipped like, you know, you know, you, you, you know, anything like that, but it was to remember what God has done. And so when the kids come and the kids grow up and, and they ask those inquisitive questions, God wants them to know that this is, the God we love and we serve who, who led us out of Egypt, who led us through the Red Sea. And this monument here says that God has led us out of the Jordan and he receded the waters. And, and God wants the children to know that he can still move in their lives as well. Is that an amen? God wants the children to know that he can still and wants to work in their lives. That the God who did all these great, amazing things can still do great, amazing things in the lives of youth. 
He wants the older generation to invest in the youth, sharing with them the stories that God has done in and through people, giving them encouragement and empowering them to go forth because God still and because God has a plan for them. So, so they created this monument for future generations to tell them about how great God is. What a great picture of mentoring. What a great picture of generations coming together. The young and the old. The old sharing the stories. The young hearing the stories. But yet there's a, a, an idea of empowering and furthering the kingdom of God. So in one sense, this four-week series, you know, where we've been, where we're going, and in and, and one sense, we're looking at the stones here, the metaphorical stones and even the physical stones and monuments that God has blessed Kaimakee Christian Church with. And, and we're going to look at these different monuments that God has given our church we're going to look at these different monuments because we want to tell our kids what God has done. Amen? We want to tell our grandkids what God has done. Amen? We want our kids, we want the future generation to know that God has worked in this church. And here's the other part. Guess what? God is still working in our church. It doesn't matter if you're young, if you're old. It doesn't matter what your background is. God can still work through us today. And that is beautiful. So, so as we look back on our history, we're going to remember what God has done in our lives and the life of the church here. And then we're going to look forward to seeing what God has in store for us. Is that exciting? I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty pumped. So let's, let's talk about where we've been. Where have we been? This is an amazing story that I just learned this week, and I want to tell you about it. It's about a woman by the name of Maud Foster. And in 1909, say 1909. All right, that was like horses and buggy era. Taxi. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I just did that. But, but that was that era. And you still had like, what, Model T's, I'm sure? Ford? Yeah, Model T stuff and all that. Jerry's my like, you know, the history, like, I got to, am I right? Yeah, got it. Okay. So we got Maud Foster in 1909. Here's what happened. There was a, a fire in Chinatown in the early 1900s, and a lot of the houses burnt down. And they're trying to figure out, okay, well, where do we go from here? Well, there's this area called Kaimakee, and they said, let's start building there. So they had trams, and they had trolleys, and they had, um, you know, different transportation to get here. And, and people started building homes in Kaimakee. Started building homes, started building homes, started building homes. And Maud Foster in 1909 was one of those women who was, had a home there, small wooden home. But she was there. But she noticed something. She noticed young families and she noticed kids running all up and down the streets during school time. And obviously school then you know, wasn't the same as it is now. 
But, but these kids were running and just playing, and they didn't really have any direction. And Maud saw a need. She saw a need. And here's what she did. She said, these kids need Sunday school. These kids need to know how to read and how to write. These kids need to know the Bible. So she started teaching these kids in Sunday school how to read and how to write. And it's amazing what was going on. So, so they started meeting in her house. She had a small wooden house, but, but it started growing. These kids kept coming to her, and it kept growing, and she's like, I need room somewhere else. And so they, they couldn't meet in her house no longer, so they started to meet at the school on Cocoa Head and Wyalai. Did I get that right? Come on now. Come on now. Got it? Bam. There's one other word I'm going to be working on here, so stay with me here. I'm writing so many things down phonetically because I want to I want to just nail these words. I don't want to be like, you know, kaimuki. <laughs> I want to get it right. You know, I want to be able to pronounce it right. And so I'm doing all I can to, to you know, because this is our new home. You know, it's, it's amazing. And I want to, this is our home and this is our community and I want to know everything about it. Okay, so here we go. So then they moved um, uh, the school on Cocoa Head and YLI, and then and then um, uh, uh, the, to, to the school, Lily Lily Okalani, right? Yeah. Bam, bam, I'm done. <laughs> so they started meeting at the school here, and uh, and, and 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 you know what? On Friday, uh, just on two days ago. Uh, they, uh, Kamuki Christian School had um, their annual chapel, their weekly chapel, and it was an award chapel. And I, I came to it because, um, I, well, one, I love kids, and we have the school, we have the church, we're like one, like this. And I'm like, I want to be involved. So, but I also came because my daughter was singing on stage. Well, she wasn't really singing. She was standing here kind of doing this. <laughs> and all the kids were like, hmm. <laughs> I got rhythm. No, I don't. So, so then, so then uh, I, I, I see all these crazy parents taking videos and pictures. How many of you were there Friday? How many of you were there? Come a minute. And how many of you are crazy parents and grandparents in here? You, you, you see your kids on stage, and you're like, you think that they're the greatest things in the world. And then I realized something. I'm that crazy parent. I see my kid on stage. I'm like, everyone, back away. I got to get that photo. <laughs> you know? So, so I see my daughter, and she's on stage, and I'm like, oh. But then I'm like, oh, I should probably back up because I don't want her to see me. I don't want to be, like, creeping in her space. But then I'm like, but I have to get a video. So, of course, I got a video. But, but during this time here where I'm just processing, you know, being, you know, this is my second weekend here preaching, I'm processing everything. It's like drinking water out of a fire hydrant. So if anybody's emailed me and I got back to you, I'm sorry. I'll work on that, <laughs> it's taking time, but, but I'm processing things. But I'm here in the back there, I'm seeing these kids singing songs, I'm seeing these kids praising Jesus, I'm seeing adults and the principals and the vice principals playing musicians, like the music, like how cool is that? And I'm seeing the kids groove, and I, I couldn't help but think, and this is, this is absolutely true, I couldn't help but think about Maude Foster who in 1909 saw children 
And in 1909, she saw a need. And in 1909, she did something about it. In 1909, she didn't say this. She didn't say this. Check it out. She didn't say to, the, to some church, you need to do something about this. She didn't go to her neighbors and say, you need to do this because you have this gift or ability. She didn't go to somebody and go, you know what? Tell all these kids in my area to get off my grass. <laughs> I just fertilized it. You know, whatever it is. What did she do? There was a need, and she met that need. And, and, and then she loved kids. And then I'm coming in Friday, and I'm seeing the kids singing, and I couldn't help but think about Maude Foster. She could never in a million years imagine the legacy that she left, the legacy of how important kids are, the legacy of how important ministering to, to people are, how important it is that when there is a need, we meet that need. When we see a need, we are the ones that go, what can I do to help and serve to further the kingdom of God? Amen? So, so being the crazy parent, I took the video. And being the crazy parent, I'm going to show you the video. <laughs> Here's the video. Yes, I got like the five-minute version on my phone if you want to see it later. <laughs> I just edited it down real quick. But is that amazing? You come in here. I just came in here to see this whole area with kids. Kids are doing and singing, and I was just blown away. I loved it. It was amazing. That's what Maude Foster did in 1909. She came. She saw a need, and it started in her house, and kids started coming. It blew up. And then she had to meet in a bigger space, and then she got more people to help her and, and all of that stuff. And it was just amazing, the legacy that she, she left. And so I want us to think about needs. Many times there'll be needs in people's lives. And what do we do? Sometimes we try to pawn them off on somebody else, but yet we have a responsibility. As I said last week, we're all priests, the priesthood of all believers. We have a responsibility to meet the needs of those around us. And so who is it around us that we need to start loving and caring? Ministry is, is, is messy at times. It's not always simple. It's not always like, you know, one time and then it's done. It, it's it's doing life with somebody. So who is that person there? Or, or, or what is that need there? What is that ministry you're saying, I need to start something like this because there is a huge need? What is that? Another question is, what's stopping you from doing it? What if Maude said somebody else should do that? You know what? We want to be here today. So when Maude died, she gave her house and she gave her house to what became Kamuki Christian Church. And, and, um, and I want to show you a picture of Maude. And you're going to see Maude. We think this is Maude Foster. And this is 1910, 11, 12, 13, in that area. But 
but if you look in the very back there, past the tree, that is what eventually became the building here, Tamuki Christian Church, right, Jerry? The one in the very back? Yeah. Back of the car, yeah. And, and, but you see her with the kids and all that stuff, but that's where it started from. That's where it started. And then she gave her a house to what became Tamayuki Christian Church. And, and that could go on and on, but the legacy that she left. So my question for all of us here is what legacy are we going to leave? What legacy are we going to leave on our children? What legacy are we going to leave on our grandchildren? What legacy are we going to leave at work? What legacy are we going to leave when we're on the sports field? What legacy are we going to leave when we're in the marketplace? Whatever it is, how are we going to impact the kingdom and live a life that honors our Savior? Maud saw a need, met the need, and now here we are today. That's pretty amazing. And check this out. In 1909, she was a woman who took the bull by the horn, so to speak, and started something amazing. Because lots of times in that era, women were, you know, not the most highly respected. But here's somebody that went against the norm to start something. I love that. And I wish, you know, we, you know we, we could meet her, but obviously, you know, we can't. But, I mean, the, the legacy she left. So let's talk about this. Where are we going? We've seen where we've been. And in the next, you know, three weeks after this, we're going to talk about different stories of where we've been and, and kind of cool story of the church. But where are we going as a church? Where are we going? So to answer that... Since I've only been here about, you know, 10 minutes, <laughs> the question is, I don't know exactly where, but I know this. I know that we need to start preparing for where we're going. Amen? We need to start preparing for what's ahead of us. We need to start preparing, and one of the best ways to do that is to be in prayer. And I want to challenge every one of us to be in prayer. And so sometimes we pray and you're like, I don't know. But I want to teach you different types of prayers. Because just like we learn differently, some people learn visually. Some people learn with, you know, tactile with your, with your senses and all that. Some people learn by just li- whatever it is. We, we have different learning styles and, and we connect with God differently. So I want to just share with you different ways that we could pray so that maybe you could pick one and say, oh, wow. And maybe God will reveal something to you in a completely different way. So the first way I want to show you is praying scripture. The big uh, uh, fancy word for that is Lectio Divina. So let's try this. In Matthew chapter 5, we, we, we read this. We have um, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, a, it's just a few verses. And I'm going to read this passage and then... I'm going to show you how we could pray the passage. Have you ever done that? Prayed scripture? This is inspired by God, right? So let's pray it. So I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to demonstrate how, how we could pray it. And you could do this with any passage in the Bible. Um, I like the Sermon on the Mount because that's Jesus' first sermon, his inaugural sermon that just poof, brings it. So, so here we are, Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth. 
but the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, here's a way we could pray this. This is one of the many ways. You are the salt of the earth. Father, may my life be a life that is salty, that attracts those who don't know you to me so I could point them to you. Help my life be so fruitful, God, that people are coming to the Lord because I am living a life that honors you. And God, I want to be your light. Help me be your light. Help me be your light to a dark world that needs you. And help me point people to you. Show me the people around me who need you. Give me the sensitivity to do that. Because God, you are the light of the world. God, you are the light of the world. And we love you. I love you. Amen. Something simple like that. Pick a passage. Read it. And as you're reading it, Scripture be like, oh, I could pray this as well. Have you ever thought about that? And just pray it. You could pray it like that, or as you read it, your reading could be that prayer. Figure out what works for you. Here is the second one. So this one was, you know, centuries and centuries ago. The second one started about 20 years ago by me. I don't know. <laughs> but this one here is called the cell phone prayer. These things are amazing, aren't they? But they're also so distracting. But what you do is you go through your text messages or your contacts, and you go, you know what? I need to pray for Bob. I need to pray for Susie. I need to pray for whatever it is. And then as you pray for them, send them a text. Hey, I just want you to know I've been praying for you. I know you've been this, is this, whatever it is. And then send them a note. How encouraging is that? And then you go to the next person, pray for them. And you go to the next person, pray for them. Or go through your contacts. I'm like, man, I haven't talked to that person in a while. I need to reach out to them. And, and, and as you're doing that, ask God. Say, God, may your spirit move within me to show me who I should reach out to. Who is that person I've forgotten that really needs that, that, that touch of you, Lord? Who is that person? Help me reach out to them and see what God does to you. Because God, just like he moved, you know, in, 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 in the waters in the Jordan with this monument, still today he moves in our lives. So let's continue asking God, hey, God, you know, God, like, show me and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. And another prayer, and I pray this pretty much every day, and it's in Matthew chapter 6, again, Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. This is the Lord's prayer. The disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? Ever ask that question, how do we pray? That's what the disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. I read this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, or if you're... King James Version, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? 
I memorized it in the King James way back when. But our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen? So there's different ways we could do this. What I like to do is I like to just recite this every morning. Every morning I'll recite the Lord's Prayer because I've memorized it, you know, ever since, you know, I was younger. But, but another way to do the Lord's Prayer also is to take each line. So, so look at this. Uh, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's another way of saying holy be your name. So start off the prayer by acknowledging that God is God. That's always a good place to start, right? A God, like you're God and I'm not. Is that safe, fair enough? Okay, God, you are holy, you are mighty. Thank you for being the creator of all things. Thank you for allowing me to come and commune with you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me access. That's a good place to start, right? So we can start our prayers by giving God all the honor, all the praise, all the glory at the start. Because sometimes what I do, I don't know about you, is I go, okay, God, I have needs. Here's my 20 things that I need. We're stressed. We're trying to unpack. Lord, things are crazy at home. Kids are fighting over popsicles. And Lord, just help us, you know? Like, and sometimes that's okay. You know, it's fine. I get it. You know, stressful things. But what a great way to start to say, Lord, I'm just going to acknowledge no matter what happens, you're God. So that's a good place to start. Then, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, when I start praying and I start sharing my heart, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. May your kingdom be here on earth now. Sometimes we think that, you know, you know, you know the kingdom will come when, when Jesus comes back. But, but what I see scripture is how can we bring the kingdom here? Lord, may your kingdom come because of my actions and because your spirit working through me. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then, and then it says, now, give us our daily bread. Then it's about lifting up our, our concerns to the Lord, lifting up our hurts to the Lord and all of that. And then forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lord, I am a sinner. I shouldn't have said that to <laughs> whoever. I was acting out of line. Whatever it is, Lord, forgive me. And maybe during that time, we need to call somebody and say, I'm sorry. And maybe during that time, we need to ask God to bring us healing for someone who has hurt us. But God, forgive us. Forgive us. And then it says this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So there's different ways we could pray, different styles of prayers. Those are just three. There's probably 300 or plus of different ways to pray. And so here's what I'm going to challenge you to do right now. And this is for reals. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to turn to the person next to you or behind you or in front of you. And I'm going to ask you to ask them, hey, can you remind me to pray this week? And what you could do is even, even now, set the reminder on your phone. You could even ask Siri, Siri, remind me to remind Bob to pray. 
I do that every single day, and then I get all these reminders. I'm like, oh my gosh, got a lot of reminders. All right, all right, so, so you, you're with me here, right? Praying is good, right? Praying is good, right? Okay, good, just, just checking, we're with me. All right, now turn to the person next to you and say, remind me to pray. Remind me to pray. All right? Set your reminders, write it down, keep doing it, ask them. Remind them maybe twice or three times or four times. All right, and the band, the band could come up on this one. All right, so make sure you write that note down. Make sure you ask Siri to remind you. So kid, ask Siri right now, I don't mind. But we need to be in prayer. And we need to be asking God for his direction in our lives. And maybe for some, we need to be asking God to bring us healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. But we all have different things to pray for and different things that we need to go to God for. So as we look as we see our involvement, you know, in these 12 stone monuments, with these 12 stones, the Jordan River, and then they cross through, and God wanted the Israelites to teach the next generation what God has done and what God will continue to do. What a great story and application for us today. Let's tell our our kids, and let's tell our grandkids, and let's tell our great-grandkids, and let's tell our neighbors what God has done in our lives as well, what God is doing in our lives now. Let's share our story about God and how powerful he is in our lives, and let's, let's also remember what God has done in the life of Kamuki Christian Church and how he used different people to step out of their comfort zone, to, to, to go where God was leading them, to go to an area they've never been before, and God is calling us to an area we don't know yet, but if we pray collectively as a church, we'll see and get direction for all of that. So let's be a church that continually has 12-stone moments. Let's be a church that continually is known for furthering the kingdom and bringing glory and praise to God. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to sing this song. And this song is so appropriate for what we have going on right now because what this song is, is a time to reflect. And if you want to reflect on what your involvement is in prayer, what your involvement is with the kingdom of God, what your involvement is, where you are with God, do that. So in a moment, we're going to stand. And if you want to raise your hand, you can raise your hands. And if you're saying, I need to kneel, like, like kneel, like before God, like that is really, really awkward doing that because we usually don't do that in front of everyone, right? But what's kneeling? It's saying, it's saying this, you're God and I'm not. If you want to kneel, I, I encourage you to kneel. That's all right. If you want to just stay seated, you can stay seated. If you're not comfortable with any of that, that's okay. But let this be a time where, where you have a chance to respond to, to the word of God. Let this be a time where you have a chance to say, God, what is it you're telling me? And let's listen for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing and let's stand.